Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Usually he's laughs, he's always very funny, you know. But that night he wasn't himself. And so kind of everybody left and it was just him and I there. He says, I really wanted to talk to you about something serious. So I said, what's the matter, Dom? He goes, well, you know, I've had the restaurant for a long time. My father had it, and I had it. And, and he was, as he started the conversation, I had to go to the bathroom. So I said, you know what? I really want to listen to this, but let me run. Let me run to the bathroom, you know. And I left. We were down in the cantina. So I walked out of the cantina. Now, one way is the, this, so if you go left, a corridor is the, uh, catering hall where you had weddings and stuff to the right was the upstairs restaurant and the bar area I'm walking towards the bathroom which is on its way towards the catering area where the steps are there and I see this guy coming walking right by and I see a guy walking now he closed the restaurant Shut the lights, that was locked, and only him and I were going to go out through that way. I saw a person, a man, with a black suit on, you know, dressed elegantly, walking. I'm looking at him, and I'm looking, I look at his shoes, you know? Because they were glaring in my eyes, and it was like out of the darkness, I saw the light first. And I see these shoes kind of throwing light at me, and I'm going, what the... And I thought... I thought it was my eyes for a second. I blinked my eyes, you know, and, I, and I'm looking at the shoes and I see him going up the steps of the uh, catering hall. Now, it's locked. You can't go out that way. And I yelled to him. I said, sir, you can't go up that way. <clears throat> and as I'm yelling at him, I hear him going, <clears throat> <clears throat> he's clearing his throat. I said, sir, you can't go up that way. And he goes, it's okay. And I'm saying, it's okay. It's not okay. What the hell is this guy talking about? So I finally walked back towards the canteen, and I'm, I'm yelling for Dominic. Dominic, come here. And he goes, what's the matter? I, so I said, some guy just went up the catering hall staircase he, towards, the, towards the catering hall. It's locked up there. He goes, come on. Was, you know, how the hell the guy, where was he? So we walk up to the catering hall, and we calling, calling. He goes, it's impossible, Chaz. There's no way he could have got out from there. We see nobody. I said, I'm telling you, the guy was walking. And I said, it's the weirdest thing. I was looking at his shoes, and they were sparkling. It's unbelievable. And he said, what? 
I said, yeah, he had a dark suit on, and I'm looking at the shoes, and they're sparkling, like throwing a glare in my eyes, like he had the brightest shoes I've ever seen. And as he's walking up the steps, you can't go up that way. And he cleared his throat. Three times. Saying, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going, it's okay. It's not okay. Excuse me. And then I went back and I got, and he's, as I'm telling the story, he can't even speak. So I said, Dominic, what's the matter? What happened? He is like crying. I said, Dom, what, what is wrong? He goes, you don't understand, Chaz. My father, he used to always have shine shoes. He goes, you don't seem to understand. That was my, I go, what? What are you talking about? He goes, come here. He brings me over to the office. There was a little office that he had. He opens the office door, drags me in the office, and he goes, was that the guy? And points to a portrait on the wall. And I look. Who's the, I said, that's the guy. <laughs> This is Shannon in Abu Dhabi, and you are listening to RPA, Real Paranormal Activity, with my good friend, Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, March 14th, 2022, episode 266. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, I'm always glad to be back in the hot seat. And you know what? Sunday, we had some great weather. Upper 40s, lower 50s, sunny. Man, it was great. But winter isn't over yet, and as you well know, it's March, so anything can happen. But yeah, cold weather is coming, so we're not out of the woods yet. As far as uh, announcements are concerned, uh, there will not be, tomorrow, Tuesday, a new episode of Aaron's Horror Show. He's taking another week off, and as I told him, always take care of yourself first. Take all the time you need. You know, life throws uh, little things at you. So, you know, take all the time you need. And you guys uh, heard me say that we're uh, the network's on 25 different platforms, such as Pandora, iHeartRadio. Well... Uh, we have been added to five more other platforms, so we are currently on 30 platforms. So yeah, you can find us just about anywhere. So if you're at work, you know, listening to your music on one of these platforms, just do a search for us if you want to get your spook on and listen to some ghost stories while you're working. And as always, you can always go to realparanormalactivity.com or use the free RPA app that we built for you because we love you guys. And other than that, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this Wednesday, a brand new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments from Terry from Texas will be coming out. And also, as always, every Friday, a new entertaining short film will be out. So look for that. And also, uh, The Witching Hour, which I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago, 
they've been gone for a couple of months. Uh, they're over there on the East Coast just with this whole COVID thing. They had some problems uh, editing and then they uh, contracted COVID, but they recovered. And uh, but they finished, and we have their final episode. And so the first Friday of next month, I'll be releasing it. So look for that. And of course, I'll be reminding everybody about that. Uh, so with that, you know what that means. Oh yeah, we're going to do some more listener stories. So come on, say it with me. Say it with me. That's right to the story den. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fires are blazing nice and toasty in here. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor. And as always, get behind my desk here. Get nice and comfy. And Britt sent me her packet. And I printed that off. So let's take a look what she sent us. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, looks like we have uh, we got two medium ones and a long one. All right. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. What the whistle? Mm-hmm. Oh man, so good when it hits the lips, man. I love it. All right, let's get going. The first one. This one is titled Uncle John, and it's by Carcino. Okay, Carcino, let's see what you got, man. My parents were divorced when I was three months old. My dad was utterly insane and was a raging alcoholic with psych problems on top of that already. My father lived in Kentucky while my mother lived in Pennsylvania where nearly all of her family was. My dad, on the other hand, only had a few people in his family that were present. Dad had his mom, aunt and uncle and me. He had lost custody of his older son when he was three years old. I was visiting my dad due to court order when my dad's uncle, great uncle in my case, had passed. I found it ironic that he had passed on September 16th because my grandfather had passed on the same day a few years prior. Now, my paternal grandmother was absolutely heartbroken over it. She loved her brother and he was one of the only people she had left. I loved him too. I remember when I was little, I would go to his and his wife's house up near Dayton, Ohio, and play with his custom train model he had built in his basement. It was simply amazing, and I had always held an uncanny interest in trains, planes, and cars. I remember him rather vaguely now, since he passed when I was not even 10. What I do remember was that he was sort of quiet and extremely tall to me. He must have been more than six feet tall. Anyways, I was staying with my grandmother at her apartment one night and she had three cats. I was terribly allergic, so I was sitting on the futon in her living room. She had a sliding porch that was on the ground floor so her cats could go outside. The blinds to the porch were half open and slid so you could open the only half of the door that could open. My grandma was in her room reading from her prayer books like she did every night. The living room was dimly lit and I don't even remember what I was doing at the time besides sitting. The porch was to my right and you couldn't see anything outside at all. All of a sudden, a shimmering black shadow emerged from the glass door and glided in front of me. I was paralyzed and terrified. 
as I watched it drift and go towards my grandma's room. The shadow towered over me and almost touched the ceiling. All I can think of was my uncle though. The next thing I knew, my grandma was screaming and I could move again. So I darted to her room and asked if she saw it too. I was somewhat relieved that she saw it, so I knew I wasn't crazy or losing it to my nine-year-old imagination. After a few minutes of consoling, we calmed down enough to assume that it was her brother and my great-uncle visiting her as a less than subtle farewell. She had seen things like that in the ghost shows she liked to watch. We still discuss it now and then, our thoughts never wavering to anything else besides that being her brother. But we could be wrong. Thank you for reading. And man, that's from uh, Carcinio. Carcinio, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Uh, you know, like I always say, uh, you old timers know this, that um, I always like it when another person sees the same thing that you do, so you're not alone. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people call that a shadow person, but yeah, who knows? It sounds like uh, it yeah, went right to your grandma's room, so for whatever reason, it had some business to do with her. So, yeah, it could possibly be uh, some loved ones or loved one that was just saying goodbye. So I'm assuming that just went away, dissipated. Uh, you went in there, darted into your grandma's room, and obviously it wasn't there. And you guys uh, calmed each other down. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah, Carcinio, thank you very much. Yeah, to tell you the truth, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have grabbed uh, Grandma and got the heck out of the house. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, um, hey, you know, it sounded like it happened pretty quickly. All right. What do we got here? What's next? This one is titled Visitor, and it's by Tom. All right, Tom. Let's see what you got, man. This happened around 1982 or 83. I would have been 22 years old at that time. I had party friends that I ran with regularly and normally on weekends we'd commonly spend the night at one of the gang's house and turn the entire weekend into a party. I was living at my parents' home at that time, working as an office clerk part-time and going to school full-time. The University of Southern Mississippi was exactly a one-hour drive from my parents' house. I remember this was very early on a weekday morning, just the first very dim glimmering of light. I think it was a Tuesday, not that it really matters. I was sleeping, and in my dream, I heard some noise, which, in my dream, I determined at first to be a chicken outside my window. We didn't have chickens. But that's just what my mind making of the external noise while I was dreaming. The noise persisted. In my dream, I'm realizing that's not a chicken. What is it? Obviously, I'm starting to come out of my sleep, but I'm still sleeping heavily at this point. In my dreaming mind, I'm trying to work out what could be causing this noise. I was laying on my right side and slowly gaining consciousness. The noise is still going on, and I recognize that it is by my nightstand. It's impossible to give any accurate estimate of how much time passed between the time I first heard the noise and when I first recognized that it was coming from the nightstand by my bed. So, with that in mind, trying to recreate the scene in my mind, 
I'm going to estimate 15 to 20 seconds, allowing enough time for my mind to mull over and reject the chicken solution I came up with in my dreaming state. Okay, at this point I start to open my eyes and I'm very drowsy. I saw a figure next to my nightstand fiddling with something, but I wasn't alarmed. My first thought was that it was my mom who would come in daily to tell me it was time to get up so I could get ready for the drive to school. As soon as I considered that solution, however, I knew that the figure was male and had blonde hair, so my next thought was it was one of my party friends just screwing around. Of course, I'm waking up this entire time. I'm going through these thoughts. Immediately, I realized, no, it's a weekday, so it's not one of my buds. Who is this screwing around with my keys and stuff on my nightstand? I immediately bolt straight up in my bed and yell. This figure had sort of stringy, shoulder-length, dirty blonde hair and had really bad skin. It looked to be roughly 24 to 32, just guessing. It has been so long now, I can't remember specifically what he was wearing. But it was not anything from some other period, and it was very casual like well-worn slacks and some sort of slouchy shirt. When I sat up and yelled, the figure was hunched over my nightstand, intently messing with the keys and coins I laid there. It immediately snapped straight up, looked straight back at me in the face with a startled look on its face, maybe four to five feet away from me, at the most. It was as solid appearing as the desk I'm sitting at now. Then sitting there, staring at it, Looking directly in its face, it just faded away over a four to five second period. It's a fairly long time to be observing something. I would estimate that from the time I first opened my eyes until the time I sat up and screamed, it was another five seconds. So the total experience from first hearing the noise while dreaming until it faded away was around 25 to 35 seconds. It was absolutely an external, persistent noise that woke me from a sound sleep. That room had been my bedroom for many years, but for many, many years, I never slept in it without either light on or with my dog. The house had been built by my parents, and so there had been no prior occupants. That was only the second thing to have ever happened to me in that house. The first being the loud crash I and my mom had heard when I was around 12 to 13. That was the only visual experience I have ever had. Much later in life, in the summer and fall of 2013, I was going through a divorce from a horrible, abusive, alcoholic wife when a series of incidents occurred over the weekends I was up there working on the house. I'll share those another time. Thank you for your podcast. And that's by Tom. Tom, thank you very much for sharing. Man, that's a great story. Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing, too. It was probably one of your friends, but, yeah, I forgot that uh, this happened during a weekday. It wasn't the weekend when you were partying. And I uh, I also chuckled when you described this thing, you know, kind of playing around with your coins and keys. <laughs> you know, what's it doing? Uh, but... Um, that's interesting, yeah. And it uh, you're watching it, and it faded away right there. 
Interesting stuff. Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, like you said, your dad built the place. And the first incident was when you were 12 to 13 years old, you know, and like you said, you and your mom heard this crash. And now here you are, 20 to 22. That's a long span. So it's kind of, you know, it's uh, periodically. But I'm guessing that's the only two things that happen, which is odd. And yeah, I'm interested to hear about, uh, you know, you're going through this uh, divorce and you said there's other things that are happening during that time. Huh. Times of turmoil or something like that, huh? All right, Tom. Hey, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Yeah, again, I would have been freaked out. I would have thought that I would have been an intruder. First thing I would have done is uh, grab my baseball bat, which I keep next to my bed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, what would you do? But, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. All right. What's next? What do we got here? This one was titled Little Girl, and it's by Ninja. Okay, Ninja. Let's see what you got, man. To this day... I don't know how I feel about ghosts. I know what I've seen over the years and what I felt, but I still don't want to believe. Uh, maybe because I feel safer if I don't. This story happened when I was in my late elementary school years. This story has multiple parts, so bear with me. I know it's a bit long. I was at my friend Stephanie's house for a sleepover. All the guests met up at a park and stayed outside until it was actually time for bed. This was the first time I had ever been in her house. Her house seemed very cool to young kids. There was the main floor, but it had about four or five steps that led to another subfloor, which was probably only three to four feet below the main floor. You could see the main floor from this subfloor. There were wooden railings that separated the two so you had to use the stairs. This subfloor had only one door in the room, which led to the basement. This door was usually left open. We set up our sleeping bags on this subfloor, gossiped, and eventually fell asleep. But randomly, I woke up during the middle of the night. I felt that need to, no, had to, go into the basement. It was like every inch of me felt this. I sat up, staring at the closed basement door, trying to figure out the easiest path through the sleeping bags to the door. But suddenly, I heard a noise. I turned around to see my good friend Sydney staring at me. Sydney looked completely freaked out, but it wasn't surprising. I would be freaked out too if someone randomly sat up during the night and stared at a closed door. But there went my plan to go into the basement. I still felt like I needed to go down there, but I knew there was no way I could unobserved. Somehow I dozed back off, still itching to venture into the basement. Hours later, I was woken up suddenly by a radio blasting. The weird thing was, no one else seemed to have heard it. There was some light coming through the windows. I'm assuming it must have been around the time the sun was rising. I looked up towards the wooden railings, and to my surprise, there was this little girl standing behind it. She stared at me with her big dark brown eyes. Her thick dark brown hair was slightly wavy. She was wearing a white dress that looked like it had some light pink pattern stitched into it. 
Stephanie was the oldest of three, so I assumed it was one of her two little sisters. For some reason, I felt like I shouldn't talk to her. She made no movement to come towards me, but just continued to make eye contact with me. I felt uncomfortable. I recall looking down at my pillow, wondering if I should lay back down and ignore her or shoo her away. Suddenly, the radio cut out. I looked back up and the girl was gone. I assumed that she had gone off to turn on the radio, but she didn't come back and I heard no more noises. I had to leave the party early due to a soccer game and didn't get a chance to talk to Stephanie about the girl. On Monday at school though, as I was walking out of the building with her and Sydney, I brought it up. I mentioned how I saw one of her little sisters and thought she was cute, but Stephanie's response was odd. She asked me when I had seen her sisters. I explained seeing one of them while we were all sleeping overnight. Stephanie seemed confused and her answer confused me. My sisters went straight to my grandparents' house after school last Friday. Neither of them were at the house, said Stephanie. I felt chills. Could I have dreamed it? I made up some story about how I was probably dreaming and walked away. But Sydney, who was Stephanie's best friend, said something that would really freak me out. She came up and started asking me if the little girl I saw had thick, wavy, dark brown hair, if she wore a white dress with light pink stitching, if she had big, dark brown eyes. The girl she was describing was definitely the girl I saw but she told me it wasn't a sister of Stephanie's. Sydney told me that every time she had been to Stephanie's house, she had seen this little girl, but no one else in the family seemed to notice her. If they played outside, the little girl would watch from a window. If they ate in the kitchen, the little girl would stand just outside of the kitchen and stare. She always just watched, and she never entered the same room as anyone else until that party. Sydney said she woke up during the middle of the night and saw this little girl standing over me, staring at me as I slept. That she slipped past all the sleeping bodies and into the basement, closing the door behind her. A few seconds after the door closed, I sat up and stared at the basement door. From what we can figure out, as soon as the door closed, I woke up and felt the strong urge to go into the basement. I have absolutely no clue what this ghost wanted with me. Was it to hurt me? To show me something? I'll never know. After that, I never went to Stephanie's house again. I hope to never find out what this little girl in white wanted with me. As far as I know, Sydney and I are the only two people to have ever seen her. Note, a few weeks after the party, I would see Stephanie's sisters. They looked nothing like the girl I saw, so I'm going to conclude that they were definitely not messing with me. Love RPA and the network. And that was from Ninja. Ninja, holy cow, man. Great story. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's kind of like a twister at the end there. Uh, you know... Um, when you sat up in the middle of the night, you had a hard time sleeping, blah, blah, blah. 
and you see your friend Sydney staring at you as you're sat up straight and you just assume that you know she had a freaked out look on her face Sydney did and you just assume that yeah she's staring at you because you're sitting straight up in the middle of the night but really she saw that little girl standing over you and then it walked down to the basement and closed the basement door <laughs> and that's when you woke up that's pretty neat uh it doesn't seem to mean any harm because um Sydney says whenever she stays at Stephanie's place she always sees it and that's interesting I've only read a few stories where only certain people can see this thing you know see these apparitions but other people can't see them uh you know I don't know if anyone has a theory on that but it's pretty interesting that uh, every once in a while you get a story like that that only certain people can see these things so yeah yeah yeah, thank you very much. Great story. And that's all. That's it in uh, Bert's Packet. And as always, thank you very much, guys. Uh, we're very flattered that you come here to the network, and hopefully you're finding something that you like, at least one thing, I hope. You know, we try to provide a menu of different things to choose from. And uh, hopefully you do enjoy something here at the RPA Network. And, of course, get the RPA app. It's free. Just go to your app store, do a search for a real paranormal activity, the podcast, and download it for free. Stream anytime, anywhere, and get into the RPA universe right away with a touch of a button. And if you do have your own experience, go ahead and send it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. And I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and is also made possible by LaFosse Corporation and man. We love you. Oh, yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.